welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I am Namaya Wilson, joined by my good friend Joey Battiato, and we are shooting from the couch. Uh, we stated last week on the first episode, we have no actual knowledge of anything, no behind-the-scenes sources or anything. We're just shooting off at the mouth because we're wrestling fans and we like to talk wrestling. Uh, Joey, how you doing? This oh, weekend? not bad, not bad. Everything's good. Just chilling. Cool. Chilling, chilling, yeah. hanging out. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, last week we did the click, you know, fun, fun time talking about, you know, all those guys and all their shenanigans and the legacy that they've left behind. Uh, if you hadn't already, go back and listen to that episode. And so, coming off the click, there's only there's only two ways to go, and we decided that uh, we do the NWO click first. Click South, pretty much. Next week, we'll do D. Yeah, Click South. We'll do the NWO first, since they officially started first, and we'll do DX next week. So, But this week, it is the New World Order. Um, can you think of a bigger wrestling angle? In the storyline? Well, I don't know necessarily, like, uh, from, like, as far as, like, from a broad sense, probably not. Um, I mean, yeah, you got to give Eric Bischoff credit. You know, he saw this big vision of this takeover and this, you know, granted, it didn't, I don't think it manifested itself eventually in, in the end game, the, the, the way he wanted it to go from, you know, what I've uh, heard about and shoot interviews and other podcasts and everything, but just from a storytelling standpoint, you usually don't have like an angle go on as long as, you know, something like the NWO. And so from just the, the breadth and depth of it, it definitely was one of the biggest and arguably one of the most impactful uh, storylines in uh, modern history of the business, because I mean, in all reality, you know, NWO is what really brings us the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, really. I mean, because from May, I think, yeah, May of 96 to, I guess, what, Starcade? So, what, December of 97? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that first year and a half run of the NWO was. It was huge. Oh, I'm, you know yeah. what I mean. You know, then things start to go off the rails. But you know what I mean. Like that first, you know, that first year of that, you know, hostile takeover and the war and all that stuff. I mean, yeah, I don't think there's any, been anything, any that's one storyline that has spanned that length of time and was that big. well, and and not just span that length of time because I think that obviously you have storylines are. I I don't even know if you necessarily want to say storylines, but because the NWO, the overall arching storyline was, you know, this takeover. But, I mean, it still kind of went in different angles at times. But just as far as a group, 
you like rarely have like a state, like you might have a tag team or something like that, that hangs around for years and years and years, but like, it's hard to keep a group, a stable together for that long and, and have them still be relevant. You know, like usually it eventually yeah. loses steam after a while. You got to break them up. You know, the natural progression, we're going to put them together. Then we're, you know, they're going to do X, Y, and Z. Then we're going to cause friction and we're going to break them up and do, you know, A, B, and C. You know, you know what I mean? That's kind of like the, the yeah. general like formula to that. But, you know, That's the general but, I mean, you know, they were able to keep, keep the, I mean, granted, and we'll get into it. There was a couple different iterations of the NWO, but I mean, the original iteration, I mean, it lasted long, you know, much longer than you normally see, you know, big, larger groups last. But again, you know, I go back to, I mean, yeah, yeah, love him or hate him. I mean, you got to give, you know, Eric Bischoff a lot of credit for kind of seeing the, the potential in this type of storyline and then executing it at a very dark and gritty and reality kind of base angle because it became something that, you know, is fans we hadn't seen before. Right. Yeah, definitely. So let's go to the beginning. Uh, my notes say May 27th, 1996. Scott Hall interrupts Nitro. Uh, now, I do not remember watching this live. I know we were talking before you do remember yeah i do I, I do remember what? this and it was one it's i don't know why it, it's dumb i just remember so like you know our last podcast we talked about how like when i was a kid and i was in the grocery store i'd always i'd run and go like try to read as much out of a wrestling magazine as i could and everything and i remember i don't remember if it was like wrestling right. illustrated or something like that but i remember reading something about that you know Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and, you know, parentheses, Diesel and Razor were not going to be with WWE anymore, WWF, and um, that they were going to be going down south. So, like, I was, like, cognizant and aware that um, they were going to be moving on. But, you know, at that point in my life, you know, I didn't have any idea or, you know, knowledge of of trademark and uh, – you know, image and likeness and, you know, you know, owning intellectual content and stuff like that. It, I, I had no, yeah. you just thought, you just thought, yeah. Razor, so like, I thought that you just thought razor and diesel were going to exactly. show up on. So I literally thought that what was eventually going to happen at some point is that razor Ramon and big daddy cool diesel were going to end up in WCW at some point. And I remember it was one of those nights and I'm flipping, you know, I'm flipping back and forth, you know, I'm watching WWE, but I'm kind of, you know, all right, you know, commercial break, let's go see what happens over here. And this, you know, just no one gives a shit match is going on. And out of nowhere, they show Razor coming out of the, um, uh, out of the crowd. And I remember thinking, I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, what the hell is this? Because like, I know that that's like, 
razor, but it, 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 but it's not razor because it, you know, it's the same guy, but you know, he doesn't have the gold chains and he doesn't have like the purple tights and the, and the same type of vest and everything. And so I remember kind of, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sitting here. I'm like, I was kind of confused and like, it was, to me, it it wasn't so much shocking as it was intriguing because I was like, is he just going to be like a dude? Is he going to just really like, he's just himself now. He's not a character. And that like kind of blew my mind a little bit because again, you know, at that point in the business, you know, every, everyone for the most part, you know, there was a couple here and there, you know, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels who kind of played themselves, but even they were playing kind of quote unquote characters, the Hitman, the heartbreak kid. And so it was like intriguing. I'm like, is this dude just going to be himself? And so it was really surprising to me in that standpoint, because I was expecting to see, you know, gold chains, Chico, Razor, Ramon guy. Yeah. Yeah. And see, and I'll tell you, like I said, I don't remember watching it live, but like looking, you know, obviously I saw it very soon after what stood out to me about that was when he came down to the ring to cut that promo. He didn't, he didn't touch. Well, that was the other thing too. That was so surprising. It was in the middle of a match and it's not like he went out and, you know, squashed these two jobbers took over, you know, like went over on these two guys that were having a match that no one cares about. It was just like, Hey, I'm here. And then all of a sudden it's like, these guys just got out of the ring, you know? And yeah, like the, like they just stopped and just they're wondering like what's going on here? What do you you know? And you know, I will say this, like, like, you know, obviously I was young and what have you, but um I remember him cutting the promo and everything, like, you know, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here, whatever he said and everything, and I was just kinda like, oh, that's kinda weird or something like that, you know. I did not at all understand or predict like the significance of the angle they were taking with uh with where he was going and also with uh um you know obviously at that point you know it it, it was just him you know what i mean and so it, it was just it was it was a yeah. very intriguing idea for me just cuz even knowing that he was going to be in the company, seeing him as Scott Hall was just different and shocking because it was more of a reality based storyline. And that, you know, you just didn't really do a lot of that. You know, everything was kind of a, a character or a cartoon character a little bit. So, yeah. So like I said, I mean, you know, like watching it, you know, like I said, watching it back and, you know, seeing the highlights even back then, it was very, it was done very well. And it was like, like you said, very intriguing because, you know, he didn't, he didn't say his name. You know what I mean? Like, you know who I am. Like, yeah, we know who you are. You're, you know, one of the biggest stars in the business, you know, (laughs) you know what I mean? And then so. And he's talking about going to war and this and that. And it's like, like, oh, you know, 
you're going to go to war. Okay, it sounds, you've got my attention now. And then later in the show, then he shows up at the announce desk and picking on them. And it's like, really hadn't seen that before. You know what I mean? Again, this just shows again with like my young naivete, so to speak, was there was parts of it, you know, at the very early onset of the NWO angle, like before, like I'm talking pre third band and everything. There was a part of me that like was thinking to myself, I'm like, are the WWE and WCW like working together now? Like, did, like, like, is this like a intercompany deal where they're agreeing to work with each other? Like, like, or did Vince McMahon really send these guys down to fuck with them? Like, like there was parts of it that it, it genuinely kind of had me scratch my head for a little bit. Cause I was just like, I was just like, it, again, it was just so different. It was so shocking. It was not something that we had really seen in a long time. And it was a lot more gritty and dark. And, you know, very early on, it wasn't like they were throwing the outsiders in a ton of matches. They were doing a lot of mic work, a lot of squash work, stuff like that. And so it wasn't like you were getting them in the ring a ton. Yeah. Yeah, no, they didn't get in the ring at all. And really never even came to blows with anybody. You know what I mean? Which I think that's a... Which I think that's that's an interesting concept in and of itself in wrestling. Is you see it every... Because you see it every now and then. Like, WWE will do it when, like, the two guys get into, you know, a fight and they send the locker room out to break them up. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, why are you going to break these guys up? People fight all the time outside well, of matches. And I will you know say this. I, mean? I think when the business does it in a very natural manner, it actually works. I remember listening to this interview. It was yeah. like right before like HBK came back full time. Like he did that mania with Chris Jericho. And they did an mm-hmm. angle. Well, I shouldn't even really call it an angle. They just kind of built it into the story where they really didn't have Chris and Sean go at it prior to mania. So it built up that suspense, so to speak, prior to it for the fans. But the thing is they didn't make like a thing of it really. I don't think within the storyline, if I remember correctly. So you just kind of naturally are like, Oh man, I can't wait till these two guys actually, you know, get to get after each other. Because it wasn't like you were getting fed that week after week yeah. after week. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this is off topic, you know, off topic. And then we'll get back. We'll get back to, you know, the NWO. But one of my favorite moments, you know, in recent history was, um, it was a few years ago. It was the Shield and the Wyatt family. Uh came to blows and like at the time they didn't have anything to do with each other but they were both you know had issues with uh cm punk and daniel bryan and so the shield were having a match and the wyatt family came down and interfered and like they argued back and forth and like at various times were trying to hold each other you know back from fighting and you know what i mean 
and it seemed like a very real situation that, you know, like, hey, you know, yeah, we're wrestlers and we get paid to, you know, compete with each other, but we don't necessarily need to just have right. a fist fight for no reason. Right. You know what I mean? And just the way it was done, I thought was, you know, excellent. Uh, I'll get, I'll, I'll look up a, I'll look up a date and see if I can, I'll, right. I'll send you that on YouTube or something. And you can see what I'm talking about, just the way it was done. But, you know, back to the topic at hand, Scott Hall shows up or not even Scott Hall at this point. Razor Ramon shows up without anybody saying it's Razor Ramon. And he says he's got a surprise next week. And then next week, Big Daddy Cool, Big Man shows up. And it's like, at this point, you're you're just kind of like, oh, okay, what is going on here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, first Razor shows up. Now Diesel's here. They're shoving announcers around, kind of uh, bickering with Sting and some other guys. And it's like, this seems very chaotic. Yeah, and I think that was kind of the thing that was attractive about it is, again, like, you didn't really kind of understand the motivation behind it, so to speak, like, very early on. So, like, it kind of kept you – it kind of kept you hooked because you were like, you know, like, okay, like, I don't, I don't really understand what they're doing or why they're doing it, but – it's entertaining. It's different. It's fresh. You know, I, I want more of this, you know, it's, it's got more of a hard edge to it and everything. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like, I don't know what's going on, but I want to find out. I mean, (laughs) it it was a early on, it was a very intriguing story without really telling a story, you know? Yeah. Like these guys were just kind of there kind of causing like not even causing chaos, just causing trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, like just the mere fact that they were there seemed to be a problem. You know what I mean? Because normally, you know, when guys show up, you know, leave companies and show up, they come down to the ring with entrance music, and you know, well now they have a match, and it's like, well, oh. I think that's another reason why why it was so intriguing too, is because. He didn't have this, you know, big announcement of like, you know, making his WCW debut, you know, standing six foot 11 from Detroit, Michigan, you know, like it was like this dude just showed up and then just started breaking rules, you know? And so, I mean, I just, I mean, it was kind of one of those things that like, you didn't quite understand it. And like, I remember, you know, being a kid, just being a little confused by it, but I was like, this is interesting. I, you know, I, I, I want to see where this yeah. goes. Yeah. And where it goes is it goes to bash at the beach. I don't think there's, I don't think there's been any one singular. Yeah. This and the Montreal Screwdriver, probably the two biggest um, happenings, I guess, in wrestling. But they built up this angle that they're going to have this three-on-three match. It's going to be, who, who did it end up being? Sting, Luger, and Savage versus Hall, Nash, and a mystery partner. Mm-hmm. 
And now, did nobody knows who this mystery partner is going to be? Did the did the, and we get to the main? Did now remind me, like timeline wise, did Diesel jackknife Bischoff through the table before or after Bash at the Beach? Uh, that was before. It was at the uh, the Great American Bash, and this is and that's also when that's when they announced the match. That there would be a match because, and uh, I remember, because that's when I remember seeing the like replay of Bischoff getting like folded up through that table or what it was, and I was just like, "What in the fuck is going on?" And like it was the same thing. I don't remember the timeline on this, but like when they. torpedoed like Rey Mysterio into the side of a production van I was just like dude oh, did God. they kill like I remember thinking to myself I'm like like I think you might have fucking killed him yeah I mean yeah. kudos kudos but kudos no. to, to Ray for taking such a fucking stiff shot and everything and, and, and selling that the way he did because it looked real as shit yeah it did it did, um, but yeah, we get to we get to they he jackknifed him at the like I said powerbomb there at the Great American Bash, and because that's when he asked them specifically because by this point they had already been filed with a lawsuit for copyright infringement and trademarks and all this because they were acting like Razor and Diesel, and so that's when he asked them straight up like, "Do you work for the WWF?" You know. Both of them said no because obviously mm-hmm. they didn't. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember why he power bombed him. I think because oh he wouldn't tell him who who was going to be on the the WCW team. Oh right. And so he, so uh, so Bischoff goes through the table, and we're off. You know to bash at the beach, and we're going to find out who the third man is. And the third man is none other than Hulk Hogan. Now, I, you know, and shit hit the fan. I mean, I what I remember about this was like the next night on Nitro, because you know my my dad wouldn't let me get any pay per views. So any pay per view stuff, like you know, I wasn't seeing it live. I was seeing it like you know, like the kind of the cut up the next night on Nitro. And Same. I remember <laughs> vaguely they, you know, NWO comes out with Hogan that next night and, you know, Hogan goes to cut a promo and um, I mean, it is just raining trash on this dude. I mean, I, I got, I mean, all the credit in the world. I mean, you want to talk about like the greatest heel turn in the business it is that because there were so many people that were sold on this fucking bullshit like all american eat your vegetables take your vitamins do your push-ups you know just whitewashed bullshit that when he when he turned heel people like actually felt a way about it like took it personally (laughs) yeah they did Yes, they did. 
but it was I mean it, it was, was amazing like it, like even as a guy who was never ever invested in Hulk Hogan as a character as an in-ring worker um my hot take has always been that as an overall talent um Hulk Hogan is vastly overrated and I I know that's a super hot take but the thing is like he was the industry at the time you know like he was the guy and and so I understand why it had such a big impact so even with me not being a Hulk Hogan guy so to speak I remember thinking like this is huge like you know this is like you know Superman being a bad guy you know, th- this is this is right. Captain America, you know, like going to Hydra. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, this is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And at that point, and this is when I really started, you know, picking up and like really watching Nitro was like right after Hogan turned heel. And like I said, I remember just, I remember for the first time ever, Probably thinking that Hulk Hogan looks cool uh, so I because because he was dressed in the you know uh, all black and the Hollywood and I was like oh this guy's pretty so cool this now. is one thing I, like, I will give Hogan credit for and um I think that you know he kind of had to work on this a little bit because he was so used to kind of being the hero and everything but like. I remember very, very early on when Hogan turned heel, I kind of wondered if what it was, what they were trying to do is they were actually bringing the outsiders in and what they were eventually going to try to, what they were, what their angle really was, was to like make the outsiders, the good guys and everything. And they were just going to kind of try to jam that down people's throats, you know? Cause I was like, man, it's going to be so hard to, Mm. you know, make Hulk Hogan be, you know, a bad guy. Like, like, you know, it's going to be hard to get people to genuinely hate him. But to his credit, he actually found a way to impersonate that Hollywood Hogan character and be a legitimate villain, you know? Yeah. Very, yeah, very much so. Like I said, he he became hated and it was amazing like every week watching just trash just rain down on the ring like, no and, and never that never happened that in the wwe like that i can remember like never happened like they'd yeah. come out and they'd cut their little promos and everything and it was beer cups flying and popcorn and you know concession you know like you know boxes and wrappers and you know, like everything. It was just like, I mean, it was like they needed like a dumpster after the NWO left the ring. Yeah. Left the ring. Yeah. So, you know, at this point, you know, we're off to the races with the, with the NWO. You know, Hall, Nash, and Hogan. And they're showing up at various times during Nitro just beating people up just because they can. And it's like, oh, God, this is you know, this is good stuff. I mean, it was beyond, I mean, it was beyond intriguing. You know, it was one of those things that like, yeah, I will admit like that was one of those things where you almost started watching. Like for me, I was constantly a channel flipper throughout the Monday night wars. 
But I'm not going to lie that that yeah. you know first iteration of the NWO angle and in early on in NWO, I, I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of times I was paying pretty close attention to what you know what was going on in TNT because I didn't want to miss if that, you know, black and white came out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was, you know, cause yeah. they were still, they were live. Nitro was live. And so you, you didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't want to miss anything. And then, you know, saying what hooked me was, you know, Hogan, Hogan goes to, uh, I think it was Hogwild. Hogwild, he wins the title from the Giant, spray paints NWO over the belt, and interesting fact, the the fourth member of the NWO almost debuted that night at that paper. DiBiase? And it would have been Sean oh. Waltman. No, it would have been Sean Waltman. So why, why did they pull the plug yeah. on that? Uh, They he was backstage ready to go, but there was some legal legal proceedings and back and forth happening between WCW and WWE about his contract and when he was cleared to appear on the show. And so I think they just at the end of the day they decided that it just wasn't worth it to take the chance of having him out there and then have another lawsuit on top of the lawsuits that they already had. Well, good thing. Good thing. Good thing. It went out, so, uh, went over that way because I, I don't think four has quite the ring to it. as six does. Yeah. True story. It's yeah. a new buddy four. Like, I, I mean, I imagine they probably just go <laughs> like, you know, take him and have him go with the, the same angle with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, and they just have him go by Sean Waltman. Yeah. Yeah. True story. I never thought about that. But anyway, so Hogan wins the title and he shows up with the NWO spray painted belt. Which that was shocking and... into itself, too. That spray painted belt, because like that was so yeah. anti establishment and like, you know, it's kind of like the mark of the, be- like, you know, mark of the villain, like on like the most coveted prize of, you know, the company. Yeah. Yeah, this is the this is not the WCW title. It's and it wasn't NWO like they made title. their own thing. Like, they literally uh, just they just graffitied the fuck out of yours took and took it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so then DiBiase shows up. Now this and this is one you're going to have playing. to, like, I remember DiBiase being around as, like, a heater and a mouthpiece, but I don't vividly remember a lot of what he did. I mean, I know that, again, he was more, he obviously was, like, a mic guy for him and stuff, but I didn't, I don't have a lot of vivid memories. Yeah. He really wasn't even that much of a mic guy, really. He, like, when he showed up, and basically all he, he played he basically he basically played the million dollar man. They didn't call him that. I think they called him like trillionaire Ted yeah. or billionaire Ted or something like that. But he was there because he had money and could finance stuff. Like I would assume he was the one paying right. for those black and white commercials. You know what I mean? Like that they because they would you know quote unquote they would 
buy commercial time during Nitro because Nitro's obviously not going to, WCW's right. not going to promote them themselves. You know what I mean? Right. So I guess Ted DiBiase would pay the, you know, the fee for the commercial and they would do their little promos or whatever, which were cool as fuck, you know, in themselves. Well, again, it just, it just goes but against first like, all those up, promos again, go to the whole, you know, notion that it was just so much different. You know what I mean? He went from like this, you know, kind yeah. of cartoony yeah. type, uh, like style to this really more adult oriented, you know, edgy. Yeah. Renegade. And, you know, you're, you're getting into this era now too, where like anti-establishment, you know, breaking the rules, you know, going against the grain is like cool, you know, like, you know, the, you know, being the, the take your vitamins, do your push-ups, eat your vegetables. It, like, that's not cool. Not like, you know, that, that, that's, you know, people don't want to see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But DiBiase and like, and I think, I, I believe it was like towards the end of Nitro, but they just showed him in the crowd and he, he counted up and held up four fingers and he said, next week, five. And it's like, what are you, like, there's there's four now. Next week, there's going to be five, you know, four, five, what? What are you talking about? You know what I mean? It was one of those little cliffhangers that just kind of left you like, what the fuck said DiBiase doing here? And what's he talking about? There's going to be five. You know what I mean? And then the next week is when the giant shows up. And he joins the. So I do remember that actually. And that's and yeah, Um, I remember that vividly. And that was surprising to me, not because you know, Big Show wasn't like like a super top guy from a personality standpoint. Obviously, at that point, I I think if I remember Mm -hmm. right, he had had the strap. And every yeah, he had because Hogan takes a strap off of him, right? Is that is that what we said? So yeah, it was shocking yeah. from the sense of like, okay, Hogan just beat this guy to take the championship. Now he's going into the renegade stable. And so it made you kind of ask some questions like, was was Giant in on this all along? Is he just joining in because he sees the you know the wave and where it's where it's going and but the, i think yeah. from another standpoint is He's... what it really did is it it was a visual thing you 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 now have like the biggest guy physically the biggest guy in the company is now in the bad guy group mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah, that's what he did, and it, and he was the first person to exactly. leave WCW. So it was, it was like the, the first first non so outsider. It's like, oh crap! So WCW is, you know, you got guys defecting, so to speak. Yeah, and now it's off to the now we're really now we're really cooking because now it's like who's next? You know, to yeah. paraphrase Goldberg, you know what I mean? Like. Who's going to join next? Like, what's going to, you know, what's going to happen? And the next, 
I guess. You know, and it, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Because I guess technically DiBiase is the fourth member, and then Giants the fifth member, and then we're getting, you know Waltman obviously comes in as the sixth member, hence the name sixth. But there was a a member before that. And oh, that was that's the right. Fake stink. Yeah, the fake Sting shows up and convinces everybody that Sting has joined the NWO. Which, you know, obviously didn't happen, but, you know, they've got the fake sting and now the real, now the real sting is in his feelings because nobody believed him. And now he's dressing in, you know, he's going to end up dressing in all black and wearing, you know, white face paint and hanging out in the rafters and got a crow with him and all kind of crazy shit. Which, by the way, by the way, that, that fake stuff, like it rarely ever works but i'm not gonna lie like good creative writing from that standpoint to basically kind of almost alienate the real sting character to kind of turn him into uh you know the lone renegade kind of like you know un the unsigned free agent so to speak of of you know both nwo and wcw like that fake stuff, it rarely works. But in that specific instance, it, it I mean, it was, it was perfect, you know? Yeah. And I think it was, I think, it, and they pulled it off. I think one, one, I think they pulled it off because thing, he, yep. he always, he wore the face paint. So the face paint and the fact that it, they filmed it obviously at night in the dark. So it's easy. It would be easier right. to be fooled by such a person you know what i mean like you're walking through a parking lot and then all of a sudden you get attacked and you just see the guy's got you see the familiar face paint and he's roughly the same size oh yeah it was you You i mean mean? i mean it was again it was a good overall um it was a good overall angle to help kind of like slowly develop and allow the real sting to kind of repackage himself you know, over a long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? But the fake thing shows up. They pull the swerve at uh, at Fall Brawl. You know, and at this point, you've got a, you know, you've got a nice, good-sized collection of guys that are planning to take over this company. And it looks like they're, they're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> you know what I mean? They've you know, they pretty soon they collect. They, you know, Hogan's got the the heavyweight title. Hall of Nash gets the tag titles. You got DiBiase financing this whole thing. Shit's going pretty much their way. And then you find out that Eric Bischoff has been pulling the strings yeah, the whole time. Um, I I do remember that and too. And um, not gonna lie. Did not see that angle coming at all. Like, even a little bit. Yeah, no. Because I don't, I didn't know anything about Eric Bischoff at the time. Like, I didn't know he was the well, and that's of the WCW. Thing. And that's the thing. The I think that's the announcer. reason it was so shocking is because you're like, you know, I, I didn't know he was either. And I, 
the way I remember it is that was pretty, um, you know, kept under wraps, so to speak, you know, they, they weren't like out in front with that. And so to have him come out and be like, yeah, I'm the president. And Oh, by the way, I've been behind this the whole time. It was just like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. You know, like, I mean, it just was a very, um, it was like, you know, putting his, putting his face with it was just a very, um, shocking, but effective way to be like, this movement may actually be unstoppable because you're like, you're like, okay, they got like the big players and everything like in the company. And then all of a sudden your president is now on board. You're like, Oh my God, dude, they got, you're like, they're, they're unstoppable. Like this is it. WCW is done. Yeah. That's it. That's that's, that's the nail in the coffin. You know, WCW is going under, you know, this NWO is going to take over. And because I remember, you know, right after he, you know, Bischoff was revealed as a member, I remember they did the the thing where there was like an open window or something that you could con- like if you wanted to convert your WCW contract to an NWO contract, you could, you know what I mean? And so it's like, hey, you got like two weeks to join us. And after, you know, you're either with us or against us. And I remember the first person, I remember who it was, uh, oh, Bagwell. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Who, you know, at the time was just Marcus Bagwell. But him and his tag team partner, like, they came down, you know, came down like pretty much immediately and like uh Riggs his partner is trying to like talk him out of it like no what are you doing it's like hey no dude like I'm about to jump on this grave I'm about to jump on this train this train's headed you know they're taking over whether we you know I do remember at one point (laughs) you know what I mean I think it was around this time of thinking to myself like is 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 WCW like like legitimately like I was thinking of it no no longer from a storyline standpoint. I'm like, is is WCW legitimately just gonna become NWO at this point? Like their whole plan is like there's no longer gonna be like WCW. They're literally going to rename the whole company NWO. It's gonna be NWO wrestling. Well no, here's here's here here was Bischoff's initial idea. Bischoff's initial idea was to eventually, well, yeah, and each was going to have their the own show and everything. I got that, you know. I didn't know that till later. So, like me not yeah. knowing that at the time, you know, my young brain was sitting here thinking, "I'm like, okay, so like, is the whole thing like eventually, like in four months, WCW is not going to exist, and we're literally going to have like NWO wrestling on Monday night, and that and that's that, that like that's going to be it. WCW is just going to be gone." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember thinking that too, but at the same time, like I also, I also thought like, okay, if the NWO wins, like, what are they going to do? They're just going to fight each other. Like that didn't make. I remember that not making sense to me. I guess, like, I, you know I'll fully I mean? admit, I actually like as a kid, I never like, even really thought that. You know what I mean? Like, I was just sitting here thinking, I'm like, like, is this just like a really 
like, you know, not necessarily in these words because I was so young, but I was like, is this just a really elaborate rebranding technique? Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. They're like, yeah, like eventually, like WCW is just going to go away. Yeah. It's just going to be, you know, the NWO, which I, you know, which, which I guess it was the premise of the storyline. You know what I mean? That the NWO yeah. just wanted to kill off WCW and there would just be the NWO. So I don't know. It's, it's one of those things that's interesting to try to go back and yeah. think about what you were thinking then. You know what I mean? But, you know, Bischoff, you know, Bischoff takes the reins of the NWO and you're going to have members join in and you have a few leave, but I don't, when, when, you know, I don't remember when did they get like macho man on? Um, I'd have to check the dates, but it was within like that first, uh, it would have been within that first year, you know what I mean? Like, he eventually, he eventually joins. They get Macho Man. Uh, so, Conan, you know, Conan, Conan. I thought actually Conan joining, like, uh, you know, I thought that was actually kind of cool. You know, Conan joining. Um, and I actually thought Macho Man joining was kind of cool, yeah. too, because it was, again, it, like, you know, he's a former WWE guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it really, it eventually, like, it became, it became, you know, a war. You know what I mean? Like, and there was a lot of people that just kind of felt like, man, if you can't beat them, join them. Fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hell, I'm tired. Like, dude, I'm tired of getting beat up every week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the, I'm going to, right. I'm going to Kevin Durant this situation. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck this! I, I'll pull a James Harden. I'll, huh. I want out, dude. Y'all ain't y'all ain't yeah. win that over here. I'm going over there where they win it. I I remember I I remember like as they were yeah, building like, this that, up because that, like you know you get to the point you know basically kind of like probably I would say like maybe six ish months before Starcade, you know, and they're you know probably six to eight months before Starcade, and they start really kind of start, you know, slowly leaning into the sting angle and everything. And I just remember at times thinking to myself, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, who are all these motherfuckers in white and black shirts? I'm like, like, again, now looking back, knowing what the original storyline was supposed to be and knowing what their, their actual angle was what they were trying to aim for. I get it. You know, it's like, Hey, if we're going to make two separate shows, we got to fill out two separate rosters. You know what I mean? So I got it. But I I remember thinking from a standpoint, just then I was just like, who are all these guys? Like I, why the hell do I give a damn about buff Bagwell or what, what was his name? Virgil or something like that, you know? Like I'm like, why the hell do I give a yeah. damn about these jobbers in what's supposed to be like this elite takeover group? Like, I just remember being like, I don't give. Like, I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, this is getting out of control. This is too big. 
Now, obviously, I didn't know the what 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 the actual yeah. end game end goal was supposed to be. Yeah, see, and I remember thinking at the time that like, hey, <laughs> the NWO's on top of the world. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to everybody wants to be a part of the NWO. You know what I mean? Like, hey, that NWO shirt's the coolest thing going. Everybody wants one. You know, so. So yeah, like yeah, but yeah, I get you. There was a lot of people in the NWO that I didn't that I wouldn't have. Cared well, about and I didn't even I didn't even NWO. care about them, even though they were in the but NWO. Like, once like, you put I on, I give a shit. Like, sorry. Well, I didn't necessarily care about them, but yeah, I, I had their back. Hey, they you know they're on my team. They're on my team. They're cool with me. Yeah, don't say nothing bad about them. But I mean, uh, the one thing I will say from like a numbers standpoint, as ridiculous as it was, and it was, it was ridiculous. But when they started doing the sting angle and he'd come down from the rafters and, you know, whoop the shit out of like all 92 members of this group and everything, like it, 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 it looked pretty fucking cool. Now I, you know, looking back at it, it's a little ridiculous. Cause they're like, Jesus Christ. Like, I, I, I guess like the NWO, like their kryptonite is like one of like stings little backhand chops because like whenever they'd try to mug him, he just backhand chop him. And like, they were like down for the fucking 10 count right there. Yeah. That, yeah. that and it's one guy with a baseball bat. You know what I mean? Like, dude, if you can do that much damage you're with right. a baseball bat, fuck wrestling. You should be in the major leagues. You're, 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 yeah. you're swinging that bat like, what is this, 97? Hell, you're swinging this bat. I was like, going to say, let's, know, let's put you at the Sosa. plate see if you could break you know, some records. And they're on. Yeah, see, shit. Maybe you can get 63, 64 home yeah. runs, you know, in the season. But I mean, I, I will say that be. that whole angle with Sting and the rafters, that was so beyond intriguing. And I mean, it was dark, it was gritty, it was sexy. And you got to the point that even if you were a WW or a, sorry, an NWO fan, you started like pulling for Sting, you know? And that was so unique too, because you never put Sting in an actual match. He would just make these appearances and like you know high spots and all this type of stuff and it was like you were just so you were constantly on like on edge like like you know sting gonna show up in the rafters is he gonna show up somewhere in the crowd you know because this motherfucker never makes a normal entrance he can't just walk down to the ring for god's sakes (laughs) yeah yeah, is he gonna? Is he even gonna come to the ring? Is mm-hmm. he just gonna be in the rafters watching? What's he gonna do? You know what I mean? It was, it was very like. I don't think I've ever seen. I was gonna say Steve Borden must have loved that. I mean, he was like, okay, so you guys are gonna pay me all this money, and all I gotta do is go take a seat for two minutes during a show. Fuck yeah! <laughs> yeah, I'm in. In. I am. I am. I am but all yeah, the way in. Yeah. So, at that point, you know, we get, you know, we get Sting, we get the NWO, shit, you know, shit starts to go sideways with the NWO, 
and I'm talking post split, post post arcade and everything. Yeah, post arcade, post arcade, and that whole debacle. Um, shit starts to go sideways with the NWO, and they end up splitting into two groups. You got the NWO Black and White, and the NWO Wolf Pack. Which still to this day is one of the best theme musics. Oh, ever. dude, I still got it. I I, I still got right. it on my on my uh, on my phone for sure. I mean, I absolutely do. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I, I, yeah. I that wolf pack yeah. thing was. I loved it. Absolutely fucking loved it. You know, it was it was it was it was great. Yeah. Um, and I, I'll tell you, like after Starcade. I started to become less and less interested with WCW and the NWO because it kind of felt like at that point it sort of ran its course. It was getting a little bit stale, but then they kept you interested by like, Oh, there's friction now, you know? And then they come up with this, like, you know, this, um, this, NWO Wolfpack, which is a little bit more like hip hop themed and even cooler, and it identifies more, I think, with like kind of like the younger ish like male crowd. Because if you notice, they kind of took like the people out of the NWO that were like the cool guys, you know, and the younger guys, yeah. and they put them in the Wolfpack. And then they let like the I don't give a fuck about this motherfucker character or the old guys and they put them in the white and black, you know, and then, you know, you got Lex Luger or, you know, Lex Luger on board with the red and black. And then you finally get Sting in there. And the thing that's great about that is, you know, it allows Sting to kind of repackage himself again a little bit and now he actually kind of gets to use his mic skills again he doesn't have to be the stoic silent mm-hmm. type he can actually come out and talk a little bit of shit because you know steve borden to his credit like he's still good on the mic as well he just you know his character didn't call for that yeah. for that time that he was the crow character yeah yeah so now you got the nwo versus the NWO versus WCW which all got very confusing you know it was like I don't know who's I don't know who's who are we supposed to be rooting for well like I I think I think you're right I think that the way that that whole thing got kind of messed up was it got a little convoluted like the storyline wasn't really clear because you were like okay uh we got these three major groups now, but then we still have all these other people that are not part of a group. You know what I mean? Like they're, I mean, they're they're technically under the WCW banner, but you know, they're not part of quote unquote team WCW that's fighting for the lifeblood of the company or whatever. And and so, yeah, they just, they just work there. Yeah. I was going to say, I think the direction was and I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, like, okay, I get that these white and black guys don't like uh, the red, the red and black guys, but to 
do they both not like WCW and does WCW both not like them? Like is the enemy of my enemy, my friend, or like, you know, like I remember thinking like, I'm just like, I am like really kind of confused of who is an ally and who is an enemy at the moment. You know, like I think that there was a very, like, I think there was a little more simplistic way for them to go about that storyline and just kind of like lean more into like, you know, all right, we're going to have these two stables, white and black, red and black, and they're going to kind of go at it. And then we're going to kind of start building the WCW brand up again by having just young guys from the WCW go against some of the vets of WCW and go at it that way. But you had this really convoluted intertwined storyline between all three that it, it, it just kind of made it messy from a storytelling standpoint. Yeah. But they fixed all that. They took care of the convolution because what they did was they had a world heavyweight championship match between Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash that on a scale of one to five stars would have been rated about a negative three at least because this was the finger poke of doom. So um, I specifically remember this because I remember when it happened, I I was out. I was like, I, I seriously, I was, I was, that was pretty much the moment I was like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of done because as cool as the, like at the time, the, the wolf pack was what was kind of keeping me, keeping my eyes on TNT for the most part, you know, I'm like, okay, let's kind of see where this, you know, red and black thing goes. I got some, you know, cool characters and, or personalities in it and everything. And, you know, maybe this is a way for them to like, you know, kind of turn Hogan back baby face. And then he tries to go against them and he goes back to team WCW. And then they do this like poke a death thing. And I was like, I'm out, I'm done. I'm done. Like I, like you can't unwrite that. That is like, I remember even as a kid being like, that was like the laziest writing on the face of the planet for you just to like put them back together. And then if I remember right, didn't they all of a sudden become the white and red or something? Yeah. Yeah. Red and white, which is like, yeah, it just, it didn't make sense. Because I remember even as a kid thinking, thinking of my, I keep saying that. I remember even as a kid, um, I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, are you guys that hard up that like you just want to create another like a different color scheme T-shirt to sell at events? Is that what this is about? It's like, okay, we sold them, you know, white and black. Now we sold them black and red. Well, we should sell them, you know, red and white now. You know, I was just like, oh, my God. And so, like, I remember just being like, I am I am beyond out. I am I this that was such bad writing from my young personal opinion that like, I really started to like lean a lot heavier back to 
WWE and I, I wasn't kind of channel flipping anymore because it just it felt from a storytelling standpoint that WCW was kind of reeling and kind of lost. Yeah. Yeah. And like it just no. it didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. But they're, you know, and I don't think it, it didn't last too much longer after that. Like within three or four months, you know, mm-hmm. the NWO's gone basically. You know, until I think about December or so when the NWO 2000 shows up. Because I remember, you know, and this is, and this is where, this is where it came from. Um, Hall and Nash started showing back up on TV. And I don't even remember how long they had been gone, but they would like start showing up in the crowd, like watching the show. And I remember somebody, one of the announcers going to get an interview with them and asking them like, you know, what their plans were, are they coming back? And they, you know, I remember one time they asked them like, is it fun yet? Is it fun again? And then at one point, you know, they asked them what they were doing there and they were like, oh, we're getting the band back together. You know, mm-hmm. hell, we still say that today. But, you know what I mean? But like, it's like, we're getting the band back together. What do you, you know, and then randomly on Nitro, like Jeff Jarrett and Bret Hart joined the new NWO. And it's like, wait, Which, what? I mean, again, like, uh, uh, I mean, the thing was, is just, I don't, again, this is more of a time, like, I vaguely, very, 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 very vaguely remember this, but this is more of a time period, so to speak, that you would have to speak to, because like I said, after the finger poke of death, I was just like, I am so fucking out. Like, this is so uninteresting at this point that that's how you like put over like what could have been like a multi-pay-per-view storyline. You know, you put it over in that manner. I was just like, wow. Like, you know, um, and just from a character standpoint, I don't see how you make that work. Like, because the fans aren't, you know, the fans aren't dumb. It's like, you've done this once you're literally doing the same thing, but with two different faces, you know? So where are you going with this? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. Like it was cool for like 45 seconds and that was it. Because at the time, like when it happened, like when it originally first happened, I think Holly Nash had like the night before, maybe. The Holly Nash were the tag team champions. Jeff Jarrett was the United States champion. And so they're having a match with it's Bret Hart and Goldberg for the title. And I think Hart's got him in the sharpshooter or some shit. Or one of something's going on in the ring. And Hall and Nash show up and they act like they're going to beat up Bret Hart, but they end up beating up Goldberg. But there was no disqualification 
somehow. Like I don't, I still don't know how that worked. But anyway, Brett wins the title. It's like, oh, Brett Hart's the new champion. Okay, and then Jarrett runs down to the ring, like in jeans and a t-shirt, wearing the, you know, the U.S. title, and he's got like a duffel bag with him that he's carrying. And it's like, what the fuck's this guy doing with a duffel? Like, what's he even? First off, what's he doing here? Second off, what's he fucking carrying a duffel bag for? Where'd he come from? But then they start, you know, like he spray painted, you know, they spray painted NWO on uh, Goldberg's back. And like when he did it, like the, it came over like the announce speaker, you know, the loudspeaker, the NW. It's like, how the fuck did that happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then they just pulled out t shirts and it's like, wait, what? The, like, oh, the NWO's back and they've got all the belts. That's cool. But it's not because we. I was gonna say, and not to mention, you already. pretty much just did like the third man <laughs> angle all over again. Like we've already we've already seen it. Yeah, here, with no, you know, yeah, yeah, with no build up even. Like it just it just randomly came out of you know, nowhere. And so, like, I remember the announcers like, "Oh my god, the NWO and the balance of power," because they said that all the time with the nwo like the balance of power is just shit like what balance of power like i didn't know well not to mention balance of power i mean like, you, like here's the deal like you know i got hot takes on bret hart for days but at the same point in time he's still an amazing in-ring talent and everything he could have found like a million better ways to construct that storyline with a build-up with you know intrigue and still have him get the strap other than this just kind of lazy run in like doesn't make any sense because there's interference but they don't do anything about it and he still gets the strap it's just like what in the hell yeah it, it made no sense but thankfully it didn't last like i said i think people well got i think isn't this and, isn't kind of like if I remember right, think like the whole finger poke thing, and then NWO two thousand. I think isn't this the Vince Russo era kind of a little bit? Yeah, Which, I believe so. Credit to the guy. Credit to the guy when yeah. you know he had good ideas. I'm not saying that the guy didn't have some, you know, creative things rattling around. But you know, this has been said a million times, and I'll reiterate it is. Vince Russo is a really can be a really creative guy. The, the, his problem was when he got to WCW, he didn't have a, a Vince McMahon to tell him that nine of his ten ideas were fucking stupid, and so every every yeah. ridiculous thing that he came up with got spit out on a television screen. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, thankfully, thankfully, like I said, the NWO 2000, because it was oh, the black God. and silver. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, got another color some t-shirt. more t-shirts. Yeah, different color t-shirt. You don't got this one. You know? I know you got the black and white one, and you got the black and red one, and you got the white and white and red, but now you got to get the silver. It's like, fuck. It's like, I, I, think that, I think that's where Jordan got it from. You know Michael Jordan, where he sells the same. T- I know. It's like, free, like, uh, like, color. what are you guys doing? You guys are like spitting out 
spitting out t-shirts like they're fucking Pokemon that people got to collect. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. Ridiculous. Uh, you get a different oh, NWO shirt for like, oh, okay, well, week. it's Thursday. I guess I'll go with uh, black and silver on this one. Yeah. But, you know, the NWO goes by the wayside, as does WCW, you know, and all is well and good until Vince McMahon. What 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 happened with Vince? What, oh, Wasn't it lost... like he lost control? If I remember, I, he lost control of the company and the only way to to save the company was to inject it with poison and kill it to 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 bring it back so yeah. he was going to inject yeah. it with the nwo well yeah i don't even think he was going to bring it back like i think he he lost control oh of the yeah that's right yeah that's when they yeah so i think each each of them owned like 50 percent of the company and so he, he rick flair was going to kill the company and it was going to die but he didn't want somebody else to kill his company so he was going to do it himself and it's like, wait, what? The NWO? Like, you, you just wrote it on the back of a chair and turned around and it's in the mirror? And so, I don't, I don't from understand a what's going on here, sir. Purely, like, just on paper standpoint, I didn't actually think it was too bad. You got a guy that was in WCW for a long time that's on TV running the company. Like he's running the WWE and Vince McMahon yeah. is desperate and he doesn't like if anyone's going to kill the the WWE, it's going to be him. And so he he's going to go scorched earth technique and like unleash this this outside power on his own company because he's not going to let someone else tank it for him. So on paper, I'm like, OK, that's you know, that's not a bad storyline. Let's see where it goes. Could not have fucked the delivery up any, any more than they did. Well, I think here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think first off, the reveal, the NWO reveal, yeah. was like it was bad. Like the whole chair thing. Like I would have rather him said that you know, like you know, Rick Flair is going to kill the company. Blah blah blah. I'm not going to let you kill it. I'm going to kill the company and I'm going to kill it the same way I killed WCW. And then they could have played the storyline that like Hall and Nash were on the WWE take the entire time or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. He's like, wait, wait, what do you mean the way you killed WCW? You bought WCW. Like, what are you talking about? It was the ultimate long con. WCW. Yeah, I I injected WCW with poison. What do you mean? You know, like, the fuck you mean you injected them with poison? And then you get the reveal of the NWO. Like, oh my God. Like, he, they yeah. really were. They, they were behind it WWE. all along. He really did send them. Like, they was behind it all along. And that, you know, that would have been a little bit better start. But here's the thing. By that point, Hogan was Hogan was too nostalgic. He was point. too nostalgic. Also, like 
I think Hogan what we're also talking post attitude era here. And the problem with a character like yeah. Hogan is that the sustainability of being cool for a guy like him is really hard. I think like he just doesn't, I don't think he goes over with that age and demographic, especially of the fans who lived through the attitude era, lived through the initial, like the initial onset of DX, the, you know, the, the stone cold Vince McMahon rivalry, and then, you know, The Rock becoming The Rock and uh, and, and you know, just everything that WWE was able to create. And so I think that from that standpoint, that was going to be tough. And then also, as cool as Hall and Nash were, and we didn't necessarily know this at the time, but, you know, Hall... I mean, it just wasn't going to work with Hall, you know, and you can't really do the outsiders without him, you know, like, I mean, and I'm not trying to pile on the guy. I mean, you know, he was sick, you know what I mean? He was dealing with a, you know, you know, a disease and it it just one of those things. So he was, you know, personality and in ring wise, just, a shell of what he was. I think that had they kind of like slow played this and maybe brought, and there was no way to, I mean, this, this literally would have been impossible. If there was a way they could have brought Shawn Michaels in maybe earlier and, and had him work in the ring earlier, I think you might've been able to sustain it a little bit longer, but you know, when they brought Sean in, I mean, it was for him to be a heater and do high spots. Like he had no intentions of really doing a match at that point anyway, that wasn't even really in, in the cards, you know, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he was still under the notion that he wasn't going to be able to probably get back in the ring again. Yeah. Cause I don't think he got, he didn't get, well, I don't know because he got back. Yeah, in, but long remember he when he when he did that, it was supposed to just be a one-off thing with Triple H, and then he well, got talked into doing that elimination chamber match, and then got talked into a return match after the elimination chamber because they were going to put the strap on him after, like during the elimination chamber match, for him to drop it the next month back to Triple H. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, but now what I was saying about Hogan was, you know, at this point, you know, Hogan, he had been gone from WWE for what? Yeah. I mean, nine years. What? When did he sign back with WCW? Was that 94? 90? Yeah. 94. 94. Yeah. So he's been gone for. You know, seventy eight years at this point. Right. There's no way he's not getting cheered. 
just for the simple fact that he's back in WWE. He's getting cheered. So, bam. All, he's that's, that's dead in the water. You know what I mean? So, your bad guys are already your good guys and not even... Well, like, and it, it also cool didn't just help just from a there. standpoint of, like, you really struggled within the core of that that iteration of the NWO. You didn't have, like, a lot of in-ring workers. I mean, you had Kevin Nash, who could, you know, still yeah. go, but, I mean, and he's an entertaining guy to watch, but, you know, he's when you're... He had a little bit of a limited uh, move set, and he needed to kind of have the right guys in there that could work with him and stuff like that. And, you know, he yeah. needed like a Chris yeah. Jericho or a Shawn Michaels that was going to, you know, make everything look good. You know what I mean? And, you know, Hall really yeah. was struggling yeah. to be able to go. And, uh, um, you know, Hogan it, at this point needed Hogan. like every joint in his fucking body replaced. And and so really the only people that could really go were, um, you know, Paul, Paul White and, uh, and Booker, you know, and well, yeah, sorry. And, 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 and and Sean Waltman, but those aren't necessarily your top guys, you know what I mean? (laughs) And so, I mean, right. even yeah, from a st- story, I mean, it was a struggle from a storytelling standpoint. And then even from the in-ring work and everything, you were struggling on that end, too, because it's like, oh, geez, man, we can't really put on a five-star match with, like, the like the, the top, top guys we got, you know? Yeah, no. But, you know. Thank, like I said, that's thankfully too quickly obviously hall hall yeah hall has issues his issues he's out hogan hogan is cheered as big as he's ever been so he's out of the nwo uh nash tears you yeah. know tears all three of his quadriceps you know same match <laughs> you know what i mean so he's he's done and the and the fucking building out of the NWO. I still don't even know how. Yeah, I don't even know how Booker T. I I honestly I can't I can't to be honest with you. I cannot really remember how he ended up in it. I thought it was a. I thought it was kind of smart for them to do that because it gave them a top guy to actually put in the ring that could that could work, and everything. But like when the NWO crumbled the way it did, yeah. To me, it was kind of one of those things like, okay, not shocking, but this is a good thing because at the end of the day, this is a retread. We recognize it as a retread, and it is not anywhere close to the same um, that, 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 that what we experienced previously. You know, like, it's, it's a sequel. We see it as a sequel. Yeah. Like... It, it just is what it is, you know? Yeah. yeah. And everybody knows the sequel is never as good. Right. Yeah, unless you're talking so, about the Godfather part. I mean, two. it's just, that's it. you know, it was good for the nostalgic, you know, you got the, you know, the NWO blasted up on the Titan Tron, the old music, you know, you got your kicks for, you know, a couple of weeks, but I mean, 
it's you know it's you know, it grew stale real quick and it was like all right you know this it, it lasted longer than it even should have in my opinion yeah yeah and that's it we don't see the nwo again until yeah wrestlemania with uh sting and triple h yeah, which didn't make any sense. Like I'm like it didn't make well, sense yeah. that the NWO it made was there zero to help sense. Sting. I mean, I understand they wanted to pit it as like the <laughs> the WCW versus NWO thing, but that whole run in is is as cool as it was to see all of those guys together. From a Oops. just from a storyline standpoint, I'm like, okay, like yeah. at this time we are post curtain call, post NWO, post DX. We know about the click. So you're telling me that Hall and Nash are going to run to Steve Borden's side and then Shawn Michaels is going to come out and fight two of his best friends to, 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 to defend his other best friend that's in the ring. You know, I'm just like, oh, geez, like this is kind of a mess, you know. But it was still cool as shit to see. Like, well, I mean, it was one of those things where it's like you always wanted to see NWO and DX like kind of face to face, so to speak. You know, like you wish you could have saw it. And so that was just like your little, you know, you got your little, you know, shot of it right there because that was the only time it was it, was, it ever had an opportunity of happening. Yeah. Yeah. But. And like I said, and that, and that's it. That's 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 the NWO. Uh, well, all right. So going back, looking back at everything, everything we've learned and everything we know about the NWO, if you could go back and fantasy book and change something, like what what would be sort of your biggest what if? Well, scenarios with the NWO in any. Well, I think any of probably one of the biggest what ifs would have been not booking the finger poke of death, because I think my personal opinion has always like been that the finger poke finger poke of death kind of, in my opinion, showed that from a creative standpoint. Um, WCW was reeling to come up with something new and fresh. And even though the Wolfpack was a fork, a fork off from uh, the original NWO, it still was, you know, new-ish. You know what I mean? It had a, a, a different feel. It was, you know, like I said, like Original NWO was a little more rock, you know, Wolfpack was a little more hip hop, you know what I mean? And I just felt that there was a little, there was still a little more like juice in the tank that you could have really, you know, went after trying to pit the Wolfpack versus or against the NWO that you didn't need to necessarily kill that off. Now, at the end of the day, does WCW still end up? 
broke and getting sold and all that. Yeah. I mean, rebooking that isn't going to change the end outcome, but it would have, in my opinion, given you an opportunity to still tell a somewhat interesting storyline for a little bit longer while you maybe come up with something new or a different way to maybe repackage some of these guys that are in these factions, so to speak, rather than like, all right, we're just going to throw them all back together again. You know? Um, Right. That's kind of, uh, I mean, I, I just really, 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 really always hated that specific, um, choice to do that like i said i i'll never forget that because when that finger poke of death happened i was like i am out i'm done i am so done i i like and i just i kind of that's why like i have very very little when when he brought up the silver and black i was like okay i i do remember the silver and black now i i i I remember that but after that finger poke of death i was just like i can't take this this is like the laziest writing ever Right. Yeah. I think for me, if like I could go back and like, ooh, let's do things differently. I would have. And I understand why they didn't do it or part of why they didn't do it because they wanted WCW to quote unquote still have top guys to to fight the NWO as far as like Luger and Savage and people like that. But I would have had those guys jump sooner and earlier in the storyline. And I would have kept it for for a longer period of time. I would have kept the NWO. So it felt like more of a like a true WWF a guys. true like invasion of former talent. Yeah. Like of it would have felt more right. like these guys really are right outsiders you know i don't i and you know the thing is too i I will say this um one booking i would have done is um i would have gotten luger in on the initial nwo run yeah see i would have see i see and i think that's one thing i would have done i would have I would have made Luger that would have made a lot of sense. Man. The only thing is, like you had built it up so much, like Hogan, like again, you're you're never going to get the kind of the the shock, so to speak, of the all American hero, you know, turning heel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you wouldn't have got that shock, but I would have made Luger the third man. And because that would have played right into that's that would true. have played into the beginning of Nitro, you know, because the very first Nitro Luger walks out unannounced, like less than twenty four right. hours removed from wrestling for WWF. Yeah, and he just shows up on Nitro unannounced, and so him being the third man would have made sense. Like, oh. And at that point, I would have still called yeah. them the outsiders. I wouldn't have had him. I wouldn't have had him cut some big promo or anything. He would have just been the third guy, another outsider. 
And at that point, I would keep everything the same. And when you get the fall brawl and you do the fake sting angle and sting, you know, the fake sting comes out and then the real sting comes out and beats up everybody and leaves. That would have actually been a then really I have hope like, creative way to include Luger, but then also bring in, bring in, uh, um, uh, Hogan at the same time. So you're talking about bringing Hogan in to the NWO on Nitro then? Or a Fall Brawl? Well, no. Um, oh, okay, okay. No, no. I would have done it at, at the Fall Brawl pay-per-view. Because remember, because like, that was the thing with Fall Brawl was... Right, was, right, think, right. Yes, four, that's right. Four yeah. on four, the cage match or whatever. So, so Sting would have been the, you know... Sting was the last entrant, supposedly. He was the last, you know, entrant. And so he comes out and, you know, beats up the fake Sting and there's two Stings and this and that. And so when he leaves, that leaves WCW a man short for the rest of the match. So I would have had, you know, I would have had that happen. And I was like, as he's walking down, Oh, leaving, I got you. So it's like Hogan I would have coming had out Hogan to save come the out. day, but then he turned. Oh, okay. Yeah that that would have been that would have yeah. been, that would have been a perfect like, way to play Hogan, it because like, it's like Sting like, turning their back, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh well, it doesn't matter. Fuck Sting. Hogan's here. To, Hogan's here to save the day, and then all of a sudden he turns on everybody. Hogan's here because then that then that could also play into the whole fact too. Honestly, yeah. that could play into the whole fact because people would be like, well, why did Sting leave? Did Sting like set this up? Did he leave because he's secretly part of the NWO and he's just not telling us and shit like that? Yeah. That's that's me. That's what I would have done. So, what do you think the, le- you know, I mean, we see it still today. Well, I know, mean, it goes the, without the saying that they're definitely, the like, probably the most revolutionary faction that's ever been created because it changed. I mean, it, it, it just changed the industry. You know, it, it changed, it changed the direction. It, yeah. it sparked the Monday night wars, which gave us like all the, um, the, you know, the incredible competition and content between both of them. And, you know, even though, they didn't necessarily come up with the creative and the writing and everything. They're the ones that basically motivated WWE creative to move into the attitude era and to create a response. And what our next topic is going to be is DX. So, you know, I don't think without the NWO, you eventually get Shawn Michaels and triple H creating DX to kind of match the, the gritty edgy you know more mature content that wcw was putting out you know and so yeah i i i don't think you can understate how critical the nwo was because if you don't have the nwo you know there's a good chance wcw really never you know, really kind of peaks too much in the ratings, never creates kind of that competition. Then you don't really have the revolution in the business that you eventually had. Right. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, because the NWO, yeah, that really anti-hero concept, you know, like the the guy guy that isn't necessarily the good guy, but the bad guy you want to cheer for. Yeah, which you know, at times I'm not, I'm not sure that's that's such a good thing. You know what I mean? And I think it's not a, I think it's not a good thing. Is I think because you know WWE in particular won't lean into it. They won't lean into the fact that there are no good guys and bad guys anymore. Like every, you know, every story is set up that somebody you're supposed to cheer somebody, you're supposed to boo somebody. When I think that takes away from the well, not just that. At the end of the day, like of competition, like that's the thing that's tough about the wrestling industry is you might have an idea of like this is where I want this to go. At the end of the day, your fans get to decide who the good guy and the bad guy is. Like you can try to you can try to angle it a certain way. You can hope yeah. that that's what well, the see, response is going to be, but that doesn't mean that's the response you're going to get. Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing about it is, is I don't even think there needs to be a good guy yeah. and a bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you watch, you know, you pick whatever sport you want. You know what I mean? Like two team, you know. We just had the fucking Super Bowl not too long ago, you know, the you know the Buccaneers and nope. the Chiefs. There was no good guy or bad guy in that situation. You know what I mean? There was just hey, one team's going to win, one team's going to lose. Some people like this team, some people like that team. Right. Put them, you know, put them on the field, see what happens. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? So, but I think at the end of the day, I think the NWO, like I said, like you said, changed the industry revolutionized what it was you know i mean you still see it i mean you still yep. see their influence today with the fucking you know well i mean another one that you could argue you is know what I mean? highly like, influenced that's... by the nwo was shield i mean just the, like the the way that they were introduced and yeah. like that whole angle yeah. i mean granted it wasn't like necessarily like known commodities and known faces like the nwo was but it was a very it was a very similar presentation. But it was very Yeah. Very renegade and you know, yeah. Very much so. But you know, hey, it's been it's been fifteen years. Shit. Fuck that. It's been twenty yeah. twenty what, twenty five years almost? Right. I mean, they, they really were that influential. I mean, like I said, they so, they changed they changed the business, they changed the industry, they changed creative, it. they changed writing, and they changed the way that you know you. I, I think they laid out a template that it may not be the same every time, but they laid out a template of if you want to do a, a stable that here is a way that you can get it done because that, that we've seen in the past, like different groups like bullet club, like shield, they it's, it's kind of the same general premise and it works. Yeah. Yeah, it does. No life, but Hey, NWO for life. A life. Uh, well, people, I hope you enjoyed 
hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed us, you know, reminiscing and talking about <laughs> the the new world order. <laughs> but um, yeah, this would normally in a few weeks. In a few weeks, this will be the part of the show where I tell you where to follow us on social media and to email us and all those kinds of things. We're still working on that. I, you know, we're trying to trying to get all our ducks in a row. And right now we're just worried about getting some content uh, for you. But eventually we will have all that stuff and you will be able to contact us there. Give us some ideas and things. And that's this part of the show right there. We just took care of that. Um, but next week, next week we did, uh, we've done the click. We've done the NWO. So there's only one place to go after that. And Which definitely was definitely one of my favorites X. of all time. Uh, all time. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's, you know, I think just that attitude of being DX fans, I think is really what kind of oh, yeah, sure. drew us to each other as friends in the first place at, you know, at 16 years old, because we were in exactly. Europe raising as much hell as we thought we could get away. It was, <laughs> and that was definitely the influence of DX <laughs> in our lives. So we'll be back next week talking about Degeneration X in its uh, in its different forms and history and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, join us next week and. If you're not really down, if you're Suck not down it. with that, I guess we just got two words for you. <laughs> yeah, you too, bud. Peace. We'll see you next week.